Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Sabbath Services. Title of this message, Prophetic Events, Plural, Occurring. Because they are coming to pass as never before. Now, here's here's a report from the New York Post. The Church of England might give God a gender-neutral status by changing the Bible itself. That's a far cry from what it was when the English Bible was published after William Tyndale did the whole thing. So what they want to do, they want to remove references, he, him, to simply God, or they, or them, rewriting our Father that starts out the Lord's Prayer this way. Our Father and Mother. That goes clear back to the mid-90s when I got the New Revised Standard Version of the New Testament, which was in gender-neuter form, and that's what they proposed clear back then. So, one lesson. Satan never gives up. Now, when that happens, there's going to be a revolt in the Anglican Church. So here's here's a picture of the bishop in Africa, okay, And this has to do with same-sex marriage because the Church of England also wants to sanctify same-sex marriage. Okay, so that might split the Anglican Church. See, it works out this way. When Satan comes out of his closet and is known publicly... He does a lot of things, all right? Now, at the same time, in the nation of United Arab Emirates, they have finished the center of interfaith community. They have a big building for a synagogue for the Jews, an identical type of building for the Muslims, and another identical building for the Catholics. Isn't it interesting that the Protestants aren't there? Makes you wonder. Okay. So they're all hugs and kisses and everything is fine. Well, we've been watching that and that is coming along and developing and people are going to fall for it. I want to mention that gathering in Kentucky of university students from many different places in the world, they started out to be kind of a uh, a church-oriented meeting, and it turned into a confessional. And when one boy started confessing his sins to everybody publicly, everyone else wanted to confess their sins as well. And through the last couple of weeks, there have been young people coming there from every country in the world. 
and this is supposed to be a great awakening of young people. But where will it go? They say they're coming to God. Well, that's all well and good. But are they coming to God the way that God says that we should come? So what is it? Will that then grow to be a movement of young people? And guess who's going to overtake that? Satan. Because what if it stirs up young people in Islamic nations? Okay. And Catholic nations? All right. And in Jewish settlements around the world. And they all say, oh, we want to all join together. And then, woe and behold, the present pope dies. And a young pope is elected. And then, he brings it all together. See, So when things like this start, we look at it and it looks like a good thing because Satan always brings everything to us as a benefit. So we'll see what happens with that. All right. Let's look at another one here. All right. This is interesting. Now, many people have forgotten about this, but it's the National Security Agency of the United States. They've been building for a number of years in Utah a giant digital tech center that can track everyone in the world if necessary. Here's an air photo of it showing it is big. And it's all ready to go. Now I want you to put the dots together because there are prophecies being fulfilled right at the same time. And they're all going to coalesce. Okay, now there have been some resistance in America, and they were able to get the Chinese out of where they wanted to put up that cornmeal processing center in South Dakota. Okay, also, it looks like the Chinese are going to have a whole bunch of problems at home. They had a zero tolerance for covid and they would lock everybody up and keep them in there and not let them out. And they had really quite a large revolt. But now China's facing certain problems that they cannot avoid. And those are demographic problems because many of the leaders of the Communist Party are old and have organ transplants from younger people. And so, let me just read this. Heading into 2023, uh, Xi Jinping is grappling with one of the most passing ruling crises from the out-of-control COVID outbreak, while the recent collective deaths of officials and elites have triggered more dissatisfaction with his policies among the Chinese Communist Party higher echelon. Okay. So, there are reports 
that not only is there unrest among the leadership of the communist Chinese in China, but that with this COVID outbreak that they had, they had 100 million deaths. Now, that's like a third of the population of America. So China is not going to be doing anything major for a while, with the exception that too many times when dictators are in trouble, they start a war. So we need to be on guard to see if they want to take over Taiwan. Then also in China, they have persecution of anyone who has any religion that they don't approve of, and they torture and they kill the followers, in this case, of Gulan Fong. Okay? Here's what's also in the works. The rise of anthropocene, anti-humanism. The idea of billionaires plotting to get rid of other people, but not themselves or their own families, is repugnant to most. Well, that's what the Davos situation is all about. And the World Economic Forum. It might be even worse than that. Remarkably, as reported by the naked emperor, we're now seeing the emergence of a cult that embraces the total annihilation of all mankind. That's how to save nature. Get rid of all human beings. Is that not a satanic thought? All right. The revolt against humanity is still new enough to appear outlandish, but it has already spread beyond the fringes fringes of the intellectual world. Okay. It is inspired by revulsion of humanity's destruction of natural environment. For all we know, these billionaires could be part of a cult and influencing policies based on these views. Okay. All right, now there's another one coming up. This is going to be interesting. Okay. And it's coming up and presented as a really good thing. And this is called the Amazon.go store. So I want to play a clip which will advertise all of its advantages. Four years ago, we started to wonder, what would shopping look like if you could walk into a store, grab what you want, and just go? What if we could weave the most advanced machine learning, computer vision, and AI into the very fabric of a store so you never have to wait in line? No lines, no checkouts, no registers. Welcome to Amazon Go. Use the Amazon Go app to enter. Then put away your phone and start shopping. It's really that simple. Take whatever you like. Anything you pick up is automatically added to your virtual cart. If you change your mind about that cupcake, just put it back. Our technology will update your virtual cart automatically. So how does it work? 
We used computer vision, deep learning algorithms, and sensor fusion, much like you'd find in self-driving cars. We call it Just Walk Out Technology. Once you've got everything you want, you can just go. When you leave, our Just Walk Out Technology adds up your virtual cart and charges your Amazon account. Your receipt is sent straight to the app, and you can keep going. Amazon Go. No lines, no checkout. No, seriously. Well, that's what the stores and all business will look like when the mark of the beast is fully implemented. Now, let's come down here to Revelation 13. We've read this before, but when we see it actually coming out into the open, and they have a good number of these stores going along right now, and as a matter of fact, Randy Vild, our editor who does the video editing and and church at home, he's got an Amazon store near him. And that one is a transition store. They still have some cash. And they have people working there to put the shelves up and everything. But everything is based upon you walking in, you buying what you want, you take it, and you just check out like you checked in, and they know everything that you have purchased. They know how long you were in the store. They know what you, what you have for your particular own taste. And then they have that for all of the customers coming in. Okay. And think of it when they also have with the chip that they know where you are. And then think about what it's going to be when they have it that they can tap into what you are thinking. So this shows Satan wants total control and destruction of all human beings. Now here, Revelation 13, verse 11. And I saw another beast rising out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, but spoke like a dragon. Now the dragon is Satan the devil, that ancient serpent. Okay, and it says up here in verse 3, yes, that everyone worships Satan the devil and follows the beast. Okay, now that's coming. We've seen some preludes of it. Now there may be some pushback for a while, but how long will that pushback actually last? All right, so it comes from Satan the devil. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast before him, which is over the whole world. And he causes the earth and those who dwell therein to worship the beast. Now, we will look at what that means a little later. To worship the beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he performs great wonders so that he causes fire to come down 
to the earth from heaven in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by the means of the miracles that were given to him to perform in the sight of the beast, saying to those who dwell on the earth that they should make an image or an icon of the beast. And you can imagine they will have icons, images, T-shirts, baseball hats, flags, signs, all about the wondrous things of the beast, which had the wound by the sword, yet was alive. And he was given power to give life to the image of the beast. We'll talk about that a little later when we have our conference with the elders on March the 12th. So that the image of the beast could speak. Now, think of this. No one's going to be fooled by holographics. Nor are they going to be fooled if it is programmed by a computer internally in the image of the beast. So this will be a tremendous miracle that will take place. Okay. And it causes everyone who will not worship the image of the beast to be killed. There is the martyrdom that is coming. See? And we'll come back and look at that in just a few minutes here. Now notice verse 16. And he causes all, the small and the great, the rich and the poor, the free and the bond, to receive a mark in their right hand, right hands or in their foreheads. Now, Right now, it's smartphone. Some people already have the chip in their right hand. Most notably, the most are in Sweden. And they think it's a wonderful thing. Now, look at all the control that is going to be had by all the authorities of all the nations if everyone has a chip in their hand or in their forehead. First of all, like we saw on the clip on the video, will be the smartphone. And that is called digital currency. At the present time, there are nations who are developing digital currency to be used. China already has a great deal of it. So everything will be on the smartphone. And if you have a smartphone, there is nothing personal that you can have. It will be known by the state and their watchers and snoopers, and they will come after everyone who doesn't agree with them. Okay? To be killed. That's going to be a point of the martyrdom of the saints. So they will have that mark. So that no one may have the ability to buy and sell unless he has the mark or the number of the beast or the number of his name. Okay. Cannot buy and sell. So when they get to digital currency, and by the way, 
Joe Biden already ordered the study of the central bank digital currency for the United States. They're doing this in India. They're doing it in countries in Europe. And so when it gets to the point that all the central banks have the mechanisms necessary so that there can be digital money, then they will outlaw all money. Now then, it will end up being just like China. If you're a good little boy or a girl, they'll put money in your, in your digital account. If you're not, you won't get any. Okay? Or if you're against the policies of the state, they'll restrict you from traveling. You will have no freedom of your own to make your own choice. You will be an absolute slave of Satan, the devil. Now, let's come to Revelation, the third chapter, and we'll see the difference between temptation and tribulation. Okay? Revelation 3. Let's come to verse 8. Because this helps us to understand what we need to be doing now. See, the tendency of all human beings is to wait until it's too late or wait until there's a catastrophe, like what happened in in New Palestine there in Ohio, where they had all this toxic, absolute death-dealing with the collision and derailment of the of the train, and that what was in there was the same thing that was used as mustard gas in World War One. Okay, now since that part of the country voted for Trump, the Democrats aren't doing anything to try and help and clean it up. So that's what it's going to be like once Satan's power comes into play in all nations. You will either do what they say or you will die. Okay? So let's read here verse 8 to the Church of Philadelphia. I know your works. Remember this. God always knows our works because our works prove our faith. If we don't have faith, we won't have works. Put another way, whatever faith you have is known by your works, what you do, what you say. Okay? I know your works, behold, I have set before you an open door and no one has the power to shut it because you have a little strength, and I and have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Now notice that, keeping the word of God. That means living by it, see? Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan. Synagogue of Satan is that whole group of millionaires, billionaires, and those like the World Economic Forum with with 
Klaus Schwab. Well, maybe things might look like they might change a little bit, but then remember this. If they change, they come full circle back to what they want. Okay? That's called patience. Or like the communists say, two steps forward, one step backward. Two steps forward, one step backward. And pretty soon, over a period of time, they get what they want. And that's what we have today. And the new running of the world is going to be called technocracy. Run by digital technology. Okay? Synagogue of Satan. Remember this. You go back and read Matthew 4 and Luke 4 where Satan told Jesus he would give him all the nations of the world and the glory of them if he would bow down and worship him. So that tells you who the God of all of these multi-billionaires and and those who run the world today and who meet in Davos Economic Council and everything. Okay? Synagogue of Satan who proclaim themselves to be Jews, that is, authentic bringing the truth, but are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you because you have kept the word of my patience. How important is it to keep the word of God? All right, let's read it. I will also keep you from the time of temptation. Now, most people think that this temptation is the tribulation. But temptation is a different word in the Greek. Okay? It means to be drawn to sin, to be drawn to evil. So what is going to be the biggest temptation that's going to come on all the world? Let's read it right here again. Because you've kept the word of my patience, I will keep you from the time of temptation, which is about to come upon the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. What will that temptation be? That temptation probably will consist of two things. Number one, worshiping the beast. Number two, receiving the mark of the beast. That's the temptation. Tribulation is different. Tribulation is like everything's in chaos and upside down. Okay, let's come here to Matthew 24 and look at the difference of that. See, And what we're looking at is things are developing. But it's amazing that in this last couple of weeks, here we have so many of the different things and prophecies coming together. And when they all get together, then we're going to have a complete change in the whole world system as it's been known. Here in Matthew 24, let's read it here. He says, verse 21, For then shall be great tribulation, such as has not been 
from the beginning of the world until this time, nor ever shall be again. So all of these things are leading to it. Now we're still a ways from it, but we're closer than we have ever been. And if those days had not been limited, King James says cut short, okay, or shorten it. It means limited. God has limited the great tribulation to three and a half years, okay? There would be no flesh saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be limited. Now, that's a pretty tough statement, isn't it? If God let it run any further, there would be no flesh saved. That's human life and animal life. Don't all the animals have flesh? Yes? All right. Then he also says here, then if anyone says to you, behold, here is the Christ or he is there, do not believe it. Because Christ is not going to come in a secret, hidden way. Now, we'll cover that a little later as as we go ahead in time. For there shall arise false Christ. Did you know that today there are four individuals who claim that they are Christ? And false prophets. Now, let's... Talk about false prophets or false prophecies. We read about the mark of the beast you can't buy and sell. But the Seventh-day Adventists have it wrong. They say the mark of the beast is Sunday-keeping. So when the temptation comes to receive the mark of the beast or not, they'll be told, well, this is only buying and selling. Amazing. And false prophets, and they shall present great signs and wonders in order to deceive, if possible, even the very elect. Behold, I have foretold it to you. Okay. Now he also says, and over here we've covered this before, but let's understand, beginning here in verse 34, what Jesus says. Now, this is the end time, the last generation. Now, we have thought on many occasions that we're getting to the last generation. Remember when we were told, Herbert Armstrong is going to live until Christ returns. Well, that didn't happen. He died in 86 at 92 years old. Okay. Others have said, well, Christ is coming then in October or November, whatever the, the, the occasion may be. We've had that in 88 and 89 and 97 and 99 and 2004. Christ hasn't come because all of the prophecies have not been fulfilled for that to come. But that generation, okay, shall in no ways pass away until all, you can circle all, and that means each and every one of these things have taken place. Now, it is guaranteed to happen. 
Verse 35, the heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. Now, the Protestants ought to read that concerning what Jesus said about the law. He said, until heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass on the law or the prophets. Okay. But he says this. Concerning that day and the hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Then he says, we're going to know what it's like. Verse 37. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Okay. Everything looked normal till they got in the ark. And I like it when you read the account. They got into the ark and were in the ark seven days before it started raining. And can you imagine the people that gathered around? Making fun? Oh, why are you in the ark? Look, you said it's going to flood. Well, here we are watching you, and today's day five, and not even a drop of rain has fallen. Well, then, on the seventh day, the fountains of the deep broke up, and the heavens unleashed their water. And destroyed them all. So a good lesson. Prophecy always happens like God said it would. All right. Now, let's come here to Deuteronomy 28. We're going to look at a couple of things here. Because these things are happening right now. And we can't close our eyes to it. And we can't wish that it would go away and then have it go away. If there's going to be any reprieve in anything, God is the one who will bring it. But a lot of people look at this youth group in Kentucky and say, oh, well, that's a good thing. Well, it may be, but where's it going to go? How many preachers of The churches of God are there teaching them to keep the Sabbath, huh? None. All right. Deuteronomy 28. What I want you to do is read the curses. We'll read some of them, and we'll ask the question, are these happening today? Okay. So God says, beginning in verse 15, shall come to pass if you will not hearken to the voice of the Lord your God to observe and to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. You think we have curses coming upon us today in America? Look at it. Cursed shall you be in the city. How do you like New York, Baltimore, Chicago, Seattle, St. Louis, Portland, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and other big cities? Are we cursed in the city? And 
shall be cursed in the field. Okay. That's coming. Cursed shall you be your basket and your store. Cursed shall be the fruit of your bodies and the fruit of your land and the increase of your livestock and the flocks of your sheep. Now stop and think about this. Every single thing that we need to live by comes from God. And that applies to everybody in the world. But when these curses come, it's going to come. And it's going to be devastating. Just like the earthquake that happened here a couple weeks ago over in the area of Armenia and Syria and Turkey. 50,000 died. Well, that's just a foretaste of what's coming. Okay. Cursed shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. Isn't that the way it is? People are afraid to leave their homes. People are afraid to open up the door if someone knocks on it. Okay. The Lord shall send upon you cursing, vexation, and rebuke in all that you set your hand to do until you are destroyed. Now think about that. Think about everything that has happened since Joe Biden has been president. And as I mentioned, he is owned body, soul, and spirit by the Chinese and his administration by Satan the devil. And all the proposals that they have are to tear down America. Why? Because those who say they are God's people and have the word of God and say they are Christian, but do not obey the voice of God. And the ministers are the ones who have brought this lawlessness all about with their lawless grace. So now we have a lawless society. Okay? Let's read on. The Lord shall make the pestilence cling to you until you he has consumed you from off the land where you go to possess it. How many sicknesses and diseases do we have? The Lord shall strike you with lung disease and with fever and inflammation and with extreme burning and with the sword and with the blasting and mildew, and they shall pursue you until you perish. Isn't that happening? Yes, indeed. And your heavens over you shall be bronze, and the earth shall be that is under you iron. Now that's going to happen. Thankfully, we had a little reprieve with water here in California. We've had enough water to carry us for a couple of years. But it's still 
in drought. Now you look at areas of the Middle East and you look at the Sahara Desert, used to be productive places, producing lots of food. And the Sahara was known as the breadbasket of Rome. But look at it today. Sand and heat and desolation can happen here. Verse 24, the Lord shall make the rain of your land a powder. Did that not happen in, in 1930s? When everything, when the great dust bowl took place and that dust cloud was so great. And the stupid politicians in Washington didn't want to do anything because they didn't think it was as, as bad as supposed. But when that huge cloud came and settled right on Washington, D.C., then they understood, yes, the Midwest is a dust bowl. Well, it's not now, but it can be again. Verse 25. The Lord shall cause you to be stricken before your enemies. You shall go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. Look at what happened with Afghanistan. Look what's happening to to the armies and military branches of America today. They're so interested in wokeism and equity that they are not interested in proficiency and protection, they want to put by race those who are not white into positions of authority. And look what's happened in Washington, D.C., where they have done that. And I submit to you the who is the one who briefs the, the news reporters. Okay. She is the dumbest, most stupid spokesperson that has ever been. Okay. And you look at her and you know why she is there. Okay. And you shall become abhorrent unto all the kingdoms of the earth. And your dead body shall be food for all the birds of the air, the beast of the earth, and no man shall Frighten them away. The Lord will strike you with boils of Egypt, with hemorrhoids, with scab, with the itch with which you cannot be healed. You think that is true? Watch all the ads on television. All of these diseases are mentioned, and you can get this medicine and that medicine for it. Okay? And the Lord shall strike you with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. Isn't that what we have today? People that can't think, people that don't know what to do, people that can't understand which way is up and which way is down, and all of those who are addicted to all the drugs and all of the problems that come with that. And add on top of that, all of the deaths of those who are taking fentanyl made by our friends in China for the health of the nation to kill as many as possible. 
All right? I know this is heavy reading, but sometimes we need to look at it and see see it for what it is, lest we become complacent and lest we think that these things are not going to happen. So let's go ahead and take a break, and we'll be back in 20. Welcome back from the break. Let's continue on in Deuteronomy 28. I know that it is kind of heavy reading, but nevertheless, these things are happening, and we're seeing them on the news, seeing them in many places in the world. So we need to realize the Word of God is true, and every word is going to come to pass, and it's going to happen. And we're seeing it right before our eyes. So we need to do what we can to be prepared as these times come so that we are not caught flat-footed and we are not caught especially on the low side of our relationship with God. Now let's come back here to Deuteronomy 28, and I know it's going to be a little difficult reading, but we need to understand that these things are the reality of the world that we're looking at today. Let's pick it up here in verse 31. And your ox shall be slain before your eyes, and you shall not eat of it. And of course, China wants to take all the, all of the food that they can from America. Your donkey shall be violently taken away from before your face, and shall not be restored to you. Or we can say our cars and our trucks and things like this. Your sheep shall be given to your enemies, and you shall have none to rescue them. Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people. That's coming. And your eyes shall look and fail for them for all the day long, and there shall be no power in your hand. And the fruit of your land and of your labor shall be eaten by a nation which you do not know. So that's interesting, isn't it? That means... Not any of the nations that we know in the Middle East and Europe. Okay. Undoubtedly China. And you shall only be oppressed and crushed always. And isn't that what's been happening the last number of years? And you shall be driven mad because of that which your eyes see with the sight of your eyes. Okay. And the Lord shall strike you in the knees and in the legs with an evil ulcer that cannot be healed from the sole of your foot to the top of your head. And, of course, those diseases have been coming upon us. And look at what, they're, look at what they did in shutting everything down with the COVID-19. And the Lord shall bring upon you and your king which you shall set over you to a nation which neither you nor your fathers have known, and you shall serve other gods, wood and stone. 
And you shall become an astonishment and a proverb and a byword among all the nations where the Lord shall lead you. And you shall carry much seed into your field and shall gather little in, for the locusts shall eat it. And boy, when the locusts are let loose by God, there's something. Okay? Now, let's come down here. It talks about the vineyards. It talks about the olive trees. Then it talks about the children going into captivity. And let's come to verse 43. This is the official doctrine of the United States of America. Those who go into positions of employment in the United States government are those who are not white. And you will see the destruction as a result of that. The stranger dwelling among you shall get up above you very high. We're seeing that take place. And you shall come down very low. He shall loan to you and you shall not loan to him. We're right now on the cusp of a, a absolutely horrendous money failure because of the profligacy of the United States government. And he shall be the head and you shall be the tail. Okay. All these curses shall come upon you and shall pursue you and overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded you. Now then, isn't that absolutely true? See, everything like we have said for many, many times comes down to three words. Obey my voice. That's what God says. And that's what we need to do. That's why we have the Sabbath day and the upcoming Passover, unleavened bread and holy days throughout the year. And they, that is everything above, shall be on you for a sign and a wonder and on your seed forever. You can't say this only belongs to the Jews and the Israelites of ancient times. We're the descendants of them. And in America, we have, without a doubt, all 12 tribes represented here. And now what's going to happen with all the 10 million illegals that are going to... uh, have come into America before the next election. What's going to happen then? All right? Here's why. And here's why, and this is what we also need to apply to ourselves within the church. See? Because God always is the same. God will recognize and honor repentance and love and obedience. Okay. Let's read it here. Verse 47. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Therefore you shall serve your enemies, which the Lord shall send against you, in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in the want of all things. 
and he shall put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. And the Lord shall bring a nation against you from afar, from the end of the earth as the eagle flies, a nation whose language you do not understand, a nation of fierce countenance, who shall not regard the person of the old, nor show favor to the young. And then he will take everything that we have and use it for himself and his people. Let's come to Leviticus 26, because this tells us now in Leviticus 26 the things that are going to happen on a national basis, and many of the things that we read during Deuteronomy 28 are happening to us on an individual basis. See, Now, let's also understand this. With the days that are ahead, we need to take care of our physical health. And we need to not do the things to our bodies that's going to cause us to be weak or cause us to be sick or cause us to be stricken. Now, we know that things like flu comes along and other things like that, but if we take care of ourselves, we will have less of it. We shouldn't wait until we have an absolute emergency come upon us, and then we are faced with very radical things that have to be done to us. Now, Leviticus 26, we're going to learn some lessons here as well. Okay. Verse 1, you shall make no idols to yourselves, and you shall not set up for yourselves graven images or standing pillar, and you shall not set up any image of stone in your land in order to bow down to it. I am the Lord your God. Okay. Now, don't we have that? Idols everywhere. And if you go online and you look at the at the to Mike's message that I gave this past week about Satan coming out of the closet, you will see making the image of Satan and bowing down to it and proclaiming what liberty that they have with it. And as I pointed out, they view abortion as a religious ritual. That's sacrificing children to Satan. Right here in America. Notice what God wants. If we don't want any of these things that are going on as a nation, and also as a church, then we need to watch what we're doing in the way of loving God and keeping his commandments. And I don't think that we have really emphasized enough about how much Sabbath-keeping really, really means. And that we use the Sabbath to learn of God, to learn of his way, to walk in his steps, to keep his laws and his commandments and to love one another, and to love God. That's what it has to be, see? 
But sometimes when things come along, you might be discouraged and get down and out. Well, if you feel that way about things, then you need to not only get down, but get down on your knees and be praying to God for help and strength and understanding and encouragement of his Holy Spirit and encouragement of his word. Because we need to stand strong in these days that Satan is coming out of the closet and running everything that he can get his hands on. All right, verse 2. You shall keep my Sabbaths. Plural. And we have up and coming here very shortly. Passover. Unleavened bread. Pentecost. And then on down to the fall trumpets, atonements, and tabernacles. Sabbaths, plural. These are important. That's why God gave them. Okay. And reverence my sanctuary. Now we reverence the sanctuary of God by praying to him every day. And he says, I am the Lord. See? So, our lives must be conformed to the way of God. And unfortunately, that's what should be happening to all of those who profess Christianity. Now, I recently saw a video of the smoothest talking man I have ever heard denying the Sabbath a Protestant minister. Well, we'll see if we can get a clip of that so you can see it. It's really something. Okay. Now then, notice what he says here in verse 3. He says, if. So we have a choice. What are we going to do? A choice to us individually, a choice to us as a church and group, a choice to the people of the land that should hear warning messages like this to stop their sins and quit going after their own things and quit trying to tell God what to do and come to God and worship him in love and in the truth. Okay. Verse 3, If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, conditional, then I will give you rain in due season, and the land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. And your threshing shall reach to the vintage, and your vintage shall reach to the sowing time, and you shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. Now understand this. God gives war or peace based upon how the people of the nation believe in God or not, obey God or not. Most people don't understand that. If you did a survey right out here, do a Waters World survey, you know, why do you think all of these things are coming upon us? Well, I don't know, because he and he and she and all of these different 
things that they would find are the causes, but what they're pointing to is the effect. The cause is here. Okay? They're not doing God's way. Okay? Then he says, I will give peace in the land, and you shall lie down, and none shall make you afraid. Aren't people afraid today? How many people have alarms for their house? We do at our house. See? Why? Because people and thieves and robbers and strangers in our midst. And what's going to happen when all of those illegals can't get jobs and they start roaming around the cities and the countryside looking for things to do and to take and to rob and to steal? Huh? What are we going to do then? We need God's protection And the way we get God's protection is stay close to him. And the way we stay close to God is to love him and obey him and keep his commandments and his laws. Okay. And I will cause evil beasts to cease from out of the land. Neither shall the sword go through your land. And you shall chase your enemies and they shall flee before you by the sword. Five of you shall Chase a hundred? Not anymore. Not anymore. They're not afraid of us. They're not afraid of our armies. They're not afraid of the weapons that we have. Verse 9, And I will have respect to you and make you fruitful and multiply you and establish my covenant with you. Now, that's the covenant with the nation of Israel. We have the covenant, which is called the new covenant, with God the Father and Jesus Christ. And it's very important that we maintain that covenant and everything connected with it. See, because most people want a religion to make them feel good and want a religion where they can be happy, 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 happy. Well, you can't be happy if you can't get rid of the fear. And you can't be happy unless you stay close to God. And that's why there's always a turnstile for all the people coming to Christianity. They come for a little while and leave because there's nothing solid about it. And you shall eat of the old provision and clear out the old because of the new. And I will set my tabernacle among you. And my soul shall not abhor you. And I will walk among you and be your God and you shall be my people. That's what it needs to be. Now with us today, we have God the Father and Jesus Christ dwelling right here in the spirit of our mind. And that's a tremendous and wonderful and absolutely eternal and magnificent thing to happen to us. And this is why we always need to draw close to God. Think about things the way that God wants us to think about it. Thank God for everything that we have. Because there is nothing that we don't have that didn't come from what God made and created, even though men are able to do things with it to put it in different form. For example, 
everything in this building that we're, we're having services in today, everything God made, but it was refined by men and put into the various building materials. And here we have a wonderful meeting hall. Same way with electricity. Same way with heating. Same way with air conditioning when it gets hot. All of those things. Everything that there is comes from God. Now, maybe through the hands of men, that's true. But if God didn't make it or God didn't provide the way or if God didn't make it possible to manufacture it, it wouldn't be. Now then, verse 14. Here we go again. This is important. We saw the first if and then, verses 3 and 4. All right? Let's see the other side of the if and then. Verse 14. But if you will not hearken to me and will not do all these commandments, and if you shall despise my statutes, and if your soul hates my judgments, so that you will not do all my commandments, so that you break my covenant. Now think about that. We don't want to break the covenant. We are in the new covenant with God, with the Holy Spirit, with his word, with God dwelling in us. That's the whole thing. But here, the nation, there it is. See, And that's why we're going through what we're going through. If you don't, then verse 16, I will also do to you, I will even appoint over you terror, consumption, burning fever, consuming the eyes and causing sorrow of heart, and you shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemy shall eat it. And I will set my face against you. Now that's what we're facing today. God setting his face against us. That's why. We have in the political offices the people that are there. Now, will there be enough change of people, enough repentance, coming back to God, at least in a way to try and find something about God? We don't know. And if that happens, will that be enough? See? Think about it. Okay? So we won't go any more into that. Okay? Let's come here and see some other things that we need to do. Alright? Let's come to Amos the fifth chapter. Amos 5 is important. And here's what we need to do. It has everything here that God wants us to do to straighten out the mess that this is in. This can apply to the church and this can apply to the nation that we're living in, or whatever nation you are living in. Now, God gives a warning here in, actually, Amos 4 and verse 12. God says this to the nations of Israel, if you don't amend your ways, if you don't quit your sinning, if you don't Stop all of your lying, cheating, and adulterous ways. Here's what's going to happen. Amos 4 and verse 12. 
Therefore will I do this to you, O Israel, and because I do this to you, prepare to meet your God, O Israel. Hmm. And how are you going to meet God if you're not right with him? In sorrow, in sickness, in death, and destruction. Okay? So here is what God says we need to do. Okay? Chapter 5 and verse 3. For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, is what needs to happen. Seek me, and you shall live. And if we seek God, we'll find him. Do not seek to Bethel. Now, Bethel was the house of God, which became the house of Baal. Nor enter into Gilgal, and do not pass to Beersheba, For Gilgal shall surely go into exile, and Bathsheba shall come to nothing. Seek the Lord, and you shall live. Says it a second time. Lest he break out like a fire on the house of Joseph, and devour it, and there be none to quench it in Bethel. You have turned judgment into wormwood, and leave off righteousness in the the earth. Seek him. That is, seek God. Okay? Who created Pleiades and Orion, who turned the deep darkness into the morning, and him who darkens the day with the night. Seek him who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out over the face of the earth. The name, the Lord is his name. Okay? Okay? So that's what we need to do. Everything that way. Turn our ways to God with all our hearts. Not in flatteries. See, let's come to Psalm 78 because here is something very important that always happens with the people of God and happens even with people in the church that they go along and they don't understand what's occurring here. Verse 30. So here it is. If we don't turn away from our lust and from the things like it was here, verse 30, they were not turned away from their lust, but while the food was still in their mouths, the wrath of God came upon them and killed the strongest of them. That's when they demanded to have flesh in the wilderness, and they tempted God. And didn't thank God for it. So then God dealt with them right there. Okay. And the wrath of God came upon them and killed the strongest of them and struck down the chosen men of Israel. For all this they still sinned and did not believe in his wondrous works. Now that's going to be true with the nation. What's going to happen here? Will they turn to God? Will they understand what God is doing? Will they really seek God the way that they should? Like he, like he explained there in Amos the fifth chapter. What's going to happen? We'll just have to wait and see. 
Therefore he ended their days in vanity and their years in terror when he slew them. That's what happened. When trouble comes and people die, then they sought him. And they turned back and sought after God earnestly. Okay. Will they do that again? Well, how much can we do as churches of God to preach a message that goes out to the world and to the nation that the people need to repent and come to God? And I've only heard of one church that during the last few years has changed from Sunday to Sabbath. Now, that's going to have to happen in hundreds and thousands of churches in order for the hand of God's punishment to be lifted from us. Okay. But when they turned to him, verse 35, they remembered that God was their rock and the Most High was their Redeemer, Nevertheless, they flattered him with their mouths, and they lied to him with their tongues. For their heart was not steadfast with him. Neither were they faithful in his covenant. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. Yea, many times he turned his anger away, and did not stir up his wrath, all his wrath. Okay? So it is with us what we need to do and how we need to do it and why we need to do it. Same way with the people in the world and those who need to come to God. Now, we're at a point with the churches of God that we are getting older and older and older, and I pray for all the brethren for extended life for them, and all of them are praying for extended life for me, and I pray for that myself, as God wants. But what's going to happen? How are we going to get this message out? We can't rely on the Protestants. Some one or two may be doing some of what we're talking about here, but they're not doing it. Okay? Well then, How can we keep our senses, our balance, our closeness to God? Let's come to Ephesians, the fifth chapter. Let's see what we need to do. And we'll begin in verse 1. And this is why we need to always study and always pray and always keep God in the forefront of our thoughts in prayer and thankfulness and gratefulness and praise to him for all that he does through Jesus Christ, and that we have direct access to God the Father and Jesus Christ every single day, every day that we get on our knees and pray, every day when we are praying and just doing the normal course of things that we do during the day, and we pray to God and thank God. He hears us. He answers us. He wants us to pray to him. He wants to bless him. Okay? So here's what we need to do right here in chapter 5 of the book of Ephesians. Verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God. You see how Christ did. You see how Christ lived. 
You see how he had understanding and mercy and forgiveness. But also he was strong for the Lord. And also he made it clear that he was the creator. And that's what John wrote in the first chapter of the the epistle of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and brought grace and truth. Okay, That's what we need to keep our minds on. Imitators as God as beloved children. Walk in love. Okay? There it is. Put aside all the things of sin, put aside all the things of the flesh, and the physical things we need to live with, that's fine, that's okay. No problem with that. But to be spiritually minded and serving God. Okay? Walk in love even as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. Remember the sacrifice of Christ every single day. Be thankful that you can have your sins forgiven. Be thankful that God has given you his Holy Spirit. Be thankful that God will lead you into what you need to do, even in trying and difficult circumstances, because we have the promise that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And that's us. See? Let's go on. Then he gives warning, just like the Old Testament, isn't it? Blessings, and then warning. Don't get derailed. Verse 3, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness do not permit it to even be named among you as is fitting for saints, nor filthiness, nor foolish foolish talking or jesting, which are not becoming instead thanksgiving. For this you know, that no fornicator or unclean person, covetous person, who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Do not let anyone deceive you with vain words. And boy, we sure need that today, don't we? Just like Jesus said, there will be many false prophets, many bringing good-sounding things. For because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the children of disobedience. Therefore, do not be joint partakers with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are Light in the Lord. Think about that. Complete change. Have our minds open. That's called the circumcision of the heart. Take away the stubbornness and the self-willedness and the greed and all of the things that lead to the works of the flesh, see? Walk as children of light. Because the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Okay? Proving what is well-pleasing to the Lord. Okay? How do you prove that? By doing what God says. And God will bless us, and God will be with us, 
and God will help us and God will strengthen us and open our minds so that we understand what we need to, to live the way that we need to. Listen, brethren, we have been called to the greatest calling that there ever is. Verse 11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is a shame, for it is shameful even to mention the things that are done by them in secret. And boy, that's certainly the way it is today. Okay? This world and everything that is going on, it is absolutely incredible to the depths of Satan that they are sinking to in their behavior and in their adultery and fornication and idolatry and Satan worship all wrapped up in what now they can do it legally through the satanic temple. All right. Verse 13. But all, but all of these things are being exposed by the light are openly re- revealed. Therefore, he says, you who are sleeping, wake up and rise up from the dead and Christ shall shine upon you. Okay. So this is what we need to do. Let Christ lead us in the way. He is the light. He is the truth. He is the way to love. He is the way to God. So then, take heed that you walk circumspectly and not as fools, but as those who are wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Okay? Now, that's what God wants us to do. And to serve Him. So, this is how we're able to do so in spite of what's happening in the world, in spite of what's going on, in spite of the evils that are there. Remember the promise that God knows how to deliver the ungodly from evil circumstances. He will help us and guide us and protect us. Pray for one another. Pray for God's protection with his angels. Take care of your health. Take care of your spiritual relationship with God. And this is how we will be able to survive during these difficult days that are we're experiencing right now and will be ahead of us. So, brethren, once again, thank you for being here on the Sabbath, and we just ask God's help and blessing upon you and all the brethren, wherever they are. And so we'll see you next Sabbath. Same time, let's hope the Internet's working.